It's Monday, October the 9th, and we have the CEO of Burton's Grill, John, to tell us all things Burton's. And I got a favor to ask Scott. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Welcome to Eater Virginia, your number one podcast source for food news and interviews with the people who make Virginia restaurants great. Follow us on social media at Eater Virginia and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. My name is Scott Wise and I'm joined as always by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin, Burton's Grill. Burton's Grill. Brand new restaurant in town, opened up in Carytown earlier this year. So if you're familiar with Torchies, you probably listened to that podcast. I listened to that one, yeah. That was a good one. I thought it was pretty good myself. The male host did a great job on that podcast. Oh, you know what? He is better than the female host. I don't know. Anybody who listens to Eat It for Junior questions. the female host. Um, This restaurant's like directly next door to right in that whole like Publix area. Great parking. If you can't park on the street, you can park in that parking deck. It's really amazing. And the connection other than them being next to each other is that both Torchies and Burton's are run by Richmonders. Isn't that cool? Anyway, yeah, we're going to learn about his time in Richmond, where he is now, where he eats that isn't an Allen Brothers steak at Burton's. We're going to learn all of these things. But real quick, Scott, before we talk to John, I've got a favor to ask. Lay it on me. Are you ready? Brace I'm, yourself. I'm braced. Your okay. Feet so, are on ground. Nice. I'm sure you're aware I run a nonprofit called the Holly Fund. I'm aware. And in October, Does great work for restaurant individuals. We do as much as we can. Um, Honoring a good friend of yours. Yep, who, Hollister Lindley tragically short yep she was and we her favorite month is october it's a great month it is a lovely month and so during the month of october typically i do most of the fundraising for the holly fund lots of it surreptitious lots of it through friends like cirrus vodka and most recently star hill on the 21st of October, we're having what we're going to call the Monster Food Truck Rally. Fun. Tell me more. Here we go. And here comes the favor. Okay. Roby Martin. I've heard of her. Justin Lowe. Heard of him. Eileen Mellon. I know her. Deb Freeman. All Freeman, my friends. Deb Freeman. Heard of her. The most recent um, food editor of Style Weekly. We'll talk about that in a second. Congratulations, Deb. We are all going to get together at this food rally and judge some food truck food. Okay. So pop-ups, food trucks, it's going to be pretty pretty big. At Star Hill and Scott's Edition. At Star Hill and Scott's Edition. And I'd like to know if you'd like to judge. Oh. I, I'm not sure I have the qualifications to join that crew. I think that you are plenty qualified and I think you would round out our crew just perfectly. Basic white male? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what we need. <laughs> I, I, I can do that. I've been I've, I've been filling that role for a long time. Well, good. I would like you to fill that role. I think we're going to have quite a few food trucks. Uh, dollar from a pint of every pint of beer. Okay, will go to the Holly Fund to help 
restaurant or hospitality industry individuals in financial crisis. I would love to do that, Ruby. I'll be there. Yes. Monster yes. Food Truck Rally. October 21st at Star Hill in Scott's Edition. And I think it's probably going to start around five, but don't quote me on, my, that, on that. All the information will be all over social media. Scott's Edition has been, well, for years now, has been the hotbed of... Uh, food and drink news in our area, but even more headlines coming out of Scott's Edition. I mean, holy moly! At, at where are they going to put all this? Well, I think Scott's Edition keeps on getting bigger every couple months. Anyway, they keep like the the actual and boundaries of Scott's out. Edition. Yeah, are are very fluid these days. Now it's like across broad and into short pump. Can you can you run down some of the headlines coming out of uh, Scott's Edition in terms of food and drink? So. The Diamond District, is that Scott's edition? Sure. Oh, let's have it. Um, it's getting like a food something or other over there. So they're going to have our friend Chris Staples has taken over the Toast Empire. Which is like a huge, kind of huge news right Why there. Is Just that not a band name? Which one? Toast Empire. The Toast Empire? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> anyway, he's taking that. It's going to be big, right? I love that. Yeah. So um, more rum in Diamond District. Opening I bet. up a, a toast location on Boulevard. And took over the one in Midlothian. And took over the one in Midlothian. Man, he's a busy dude. Um, so there's that happening. I believe we're going to have, eh, this is a sad news, but Long Oven has closed. Long Oven, the highly acclaimed, like groundbreaking restaurant. It, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it's, that's a big deal. Yeah. And I think that. Richmond in a couple of months or even a year is going to be sad about that. I mean, I'm sad about it, but I don't think it's sunk in that like something like that has occurred in Richmond for so long. Anyway, let's just hope that it comes around again. Yeah. Um, Andrew Manning has gone, I think, full time at Noko Rebi, which is also in Scott's edition. And the Feelins are going to stay and do Lost Letter, the Italian restaurant that's taken over that space. And then they're also opening dun, dun, dun. an oyster bar. And I'm hoping that they'll come chat with us about that. Lots um, of talent in that kitchen and in that building. So oh, everyone's going to land so on their feet. Um, feet. Feet? 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 Feet is an order. Many feet. Many feet. They're going to land on many, many feet. Yes. What else is going on? Uh, how about Trey of the old Jufro slash all the rest of the stuff? Yeah. One of the founders of Soul Taco back in the day. Uh, yeah. Food hall? Down in Petersburg. I kind of like that. You know, Petersburg, every time I drive south to visit my family in North Carolina, obviously I drive through Petersburg and I'm always like, I need to stop in Petersburg one day and like really take in the sights and I, I haven't done it yet. So maybe Trey will be the reason why that, that happens. Well, that and the Oyster Society. I've heard nothing but good things about Ernie who had... Obviously, Bonuts has opened the Oyster right. Society, and I hear that is just a bang-on restaurant. Let's take this show on the road. Let's go to Petersburg. I thought, you know what? Ernie would be fun to have on, I think. So we'll uh, give him a, a reach out, or if he listens, just peg me on um, DMs. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, just hit me up. <laughs> How about oh, we just talk Lord. to John? <laughs> Brother steaks. Have you heard of those? So the interesting thing is you couldn't get them in Richmond okay. anywhere. Somebody sends me a PR email, and that's what I hone in on. No joke. So I send back the PR email. I say, this is what this looks like. And he says to me, well, you're going to be able to get them because an individual who's from Richmond is opening a restaurant with them in Carytown. True story. 
true story. So I have John Haggai. Did I do it? Well Haggai? done. Yeah. Well done. Haggai. <laughs> Ah, with me, the CEO of Burton's, and guess what? I have had an Allen Brothers steak there already. So, what makes an Allen Brothers steak so special, John? It's it, uh, we we started with Allen Brothers. That's that's awesome. I was actually in the walk-in twenty minutes ago at Burton's, and they were we were receiving the Allen Brothers uh, delivery. And I actually took a picture of it because I'm so proud of Allen Brothers steaks. There's the best cutting house in the United States. They're out of Chicago. They're still located where the old stockyards w- were, you know, years and years ago. Um, they are the best. They're the best in the country, the best cutting house. And they, we use um, single source North Dakota, Demkota Ranch, um, Black Angus cattle. It is the best, like no doubt. And you, if you go to halls, if you go to all the fine, um, fine dining steakhouses across the country, they're probably most likely serving Allen Brothers. So, I mean, what makes it? The best, it's, in your opinion. Yeah, I think it's because of their care and their quality and their sourcing. Yeah. And it's no doubt. good. Yeah, right. It's good. But like, if you eat a steak, honestly, at Burton's, it's in, and you cut into it, it's it's phenomenal. And you'll pay $20 less than you will at wherever. Sign yeah. me up. Yeah. So, this is not the reason why we have yeah. him here. It just happens to be the reason that, <laughs> like like got to my radar you are the new ceo essentially of burton's grill but you have like big richmond ties yeah i've been in richmond for over 20 years i um this is my home my children were born here we love it um outback steakhouse brought me to richmond not Allen steaks there not Allen steaks um outback steakhouse outback steakhouse I um I worked for Outback for 20 years. I was like I w- it was the, the longest journey, the longest promotion on earth. I started as a busboy when I was in high school at the second Outback, second or third Outback that was it was just a local company. This is in Sarasota, Florida, and I worked there for 20 years. And then when I left Outback in 2010 to join Jeff Grant and the group at at Cafe Cafe remember Cafe Catera? Oh uh, yeah. Um, my kids are still mad that the place is closed. By the way, uh, you, would um, not, you don't want to hear my thoughts on that. Um, we're going to skip over. Okay, that. We'll, we'll we'll do that. But it was it was uh, it was Outback that brought me here. I got promoted. I had essentially the entire state of Virginia, and I had five stores in Richmond. And I drove down, and I'm like. I drove through Shore Pump and the beautiful mall and the Nordstroms that's closed now that we all are mad about. But and I then drove through the fan and I was like, this is just beautiful and I want to stay here. And even though most of my region was like DC and Fredericksburg and Winchester and all the way up to Maryland, I was like, I'm living in Richmond. It was it was a, a wise decision. Fell in love with it right away. So fell that was in love 20 and, years ago. Yeah. And decided to land where in Richmond? Give us like, I mean, not the exact. Well, um, it's funny because when you hire a realtor and you don't know, I didn't know all the rules around here, like South Side oh, and don't rules? cross the bridge oh, and all this stuff. Look here, grew up here. You know, there's <laughs> rules. So we hired a realtor, but he was in the, he was in the South Side. So um, he immediately so- took us to houses like in a different, like. It felt like a different state. It was like way out Wood Lake, yeah. all the way down. They were like beautiful Mosley. homes, Ooh, beautiful homes. Hard. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And 20 years ago, there was like five cows and four houses. Yeah, it was. Um, but it, I had my office was in Fairfax, so I'm like, this adds another 30 minutes to Not go to to yeah. Yeah. 95. On a so, good day. On a good day. Um, oddly enough, before we were before we moved to Richmond, we were looking, and I didn't really know anything about Fredericksburg either, and. Um, you're kind of Googling and doing things. And Fredericksburg's like Central Park. This is really cool. There's a right. big, yeah, that's kind of neat. And I didn't realize Central Park was just a conglomerate of concrete, you know, restaurants. And so it wasn't as neat as we thought. I'm like, there's, because it, it made sense to live there centrally, but it was like, uh, no way. So we actually put a couple of offers on houses in 
Fredericksburg, thank God they didn't accept Although we them. love all yeah. regions of Virginia. It was the traffic piece. We love, we love all we regions love of Virginia. You love traffic, and now they finished the HOV down to Fredericksburg, I that's think, true. right? So that's different now. That was like hallelujah. But um, So then it was the West End. It was the, it was the short pump. So I'm a suburban short pump, like... Broad Street. Welcome to the club. Yeah, it's like I know all the haters. Both it's, of you all just yeah. get out of this. No, 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 <laughs> can't do it. I'm straight. But my I'm rest, straight. my new restaurants in the city. I was that was important to me to be in the city for many, many reasons. I wanted to be in in Richmond specifically. I loved Carytown, and we saw the rebirth and all that. What's happening? And also, I I was only going to build one here, so it's like you can get to Carytown from like 20 minutes from anywhere. It's like South Side. Sure. Anywhere. And, East End. And where this Burton's is, like you come right off the Oh yeah, it's easy. Well, the thing about Carytown, you know, is there's no, you can't park and oh my gosh and traffic. That massive well, that was the That's main. what people yeah. think. People still don't know there's parking yeah, there. There's plenty of parking. Uh, well, let's just dispel that before we even get into That's like on our website. Here. That's the it's splash like the page biggest, is parking. There's the biggest parking garage right yeah, there. Yeah, 400 spots. And it's outstanding to park. It's well lit. It's very safe. No worries there. It's great. Well, I like it. I love Carytown, but you also can sneak. If you don't want to go all the way down, you can like sneak in, have dinner, sneak back out, be kind of loopy loopy, and you're good. Pedestrian it's, traffic. You're yeah. right there. So I want to talk about this move to Richmond for, for Burton. Because mm-hmm. when I read what happened exactly, I was like, that is a baller move that John pulled. So Burton <laughs> says, you want to be CEO of, of this company? And you said, yes, but. Yes, but. I had two conditions. Now, I was friends with the group. I'd always been fans with them. At the time, I was the you know co-founder and co-owner of Taza Kitchen. It was the pandemic. We all make like really crazy decisions during the pandemic, right? So it was, sure. a, it was the earth that life was over, everything sure. was ending, especially with the restaurants. It was really scary. So um, the opportunity kind of presented itself and he was he was like, are you interested in, in I'm looking for a success. Are you interested in it at all? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd never even would think so about it. Did he call it. you on the phone? Did you guys sit down? Was he called me. He called me. He was he was fighting some illnesses, um, looking to sell the car. There's a lot of reasons why. Um, and I had always been like a fan of Burton's. I have, I've known, that we're all out, ex-Outback guys. Same with those guys. That, they, Burton's was founded by three Outback guys. So it's all a very small kind of restaurant family. So I was always, a, and when we started Taza Kitchen, we were a few years behind Burton. So I was always like interested in what was going on. So I stayed really close. And I'm one of my closest friends is one of the owners, not, well, former owners now of, of Burton's. And we were on his patio at Labor Day weekend, 2020 and he's like you you need to talk to kevin we need we need a new ceo and it was weird so we i texted him and he called me right back and then i'm on a plane to boston two days later so and what were the two uh, well first of all the remote work thing i got i got with that so everyone is working remote and we're in the restaurant business and we have restaurants all the way down to florida so i'm like i'm not moving to boston as, as beautiful as it is Plus, I have kids. I'm not moving. There's no way. So I thought that was a deal breaker. And I said, secondly, I'm building a restaurant in Richmond. And Richmond's awesome. It's it's not quite big enough of a city. Typically, that we're in Charlotte, we're going to Atlanta, we're in some bigger markets. And I'm like, I, I think one could do really well here. I it was that was the really ballsy move was to to build a restaurant right when I took over in in my town because you could have what's called drinking your own Kool Aid and confirmation bias about sure. how awesome and all my friends will be here and it will be packed every night and that only lasts a little while if it's not successful. So that was the second the second one and they said okay deal and. Here we are. We opened in Carytown four months ago. Well, I think it's a smart move. Yep. I um I think this restaurant is perfect for Carytown. 
I, actually, when it was sent to me, I was like, do we think that can anchor? Mm-hmm. But I think you guys are doing all sorts of things that are very carry town esque. Like there's a healthy component. Yeah, there's 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 really so many nice. components. Really, Richmond is almost like the genesis and the incubator for like how we're going to evolve the company anyway. So it's nice being where I live and it's my test kitchen now and I'm here. I'm there. There's so much. They're kind of, they're not sick of me. Are they mad either? I don't think they're sick of me. I think they all like me still, but um, I'm there every day when I'm not away. But um, yeah, it's the, it's the incubator for all the, all the new stuff, starting with the design because we needed to change the design. It was really important to me to change the design coming to Richmond. From what to what? From what we had currently in Boston, which is beautiful, but it's a little more formal. It's a little steakhouse-y. It works in the Northeast. Um, it would not have worked here. No way. And I was like, that was another gutsy call. And I'm that's I did, with Taz, I did all the design too. So I, that's kind of a passion for me, for mine. So... And you're familiar with what works here. Yeah, you got it. And I was like, we cannot come in as this Cheney big restaurant in Carytown. We will get obliterated. There's no way. We've got to be, we got to, first of all, it's got to fit with the vibe of the neighborhood, you know, and so kind of eclectic in Carytown, architecture and, you know, um, greenery, murals. I'm a big art lover. I was like, I want to do murals on the, on the, on the side of the building. (laughs) And I hired a commission, a local, a a fantastic muralist here locally, um, Naomi with Thicket Design. And it's like, I want to do like Virginia in summer is the theme. And that's kind of like, that was all I gave her. And then she came up with that, which was phenomenal. It's really pretty. So, and it was like, and there's just warmer tones and the plantation shutters. And, and then, yeah, you have to have a component of, you know, part of our DNA is, is being accessible to everyone. Um, that includes people with dietary restrictions and allergies and people that want to eat a little healthier. I like both. I like to eat healthy. Sometimes I, I still eat a big steak and a burger and a beer, but I still love the salads and healthy lifestyle. That's kind of part of our DNA too. So, and you got to do that. People really care about that nowadays. The most important thing I think they care about is customization and being able to like, Hey, this is kind of what I want. Can you do this? And most restaurants now they've gotten a lot better, but a lot of restaurants are like, I don't know. We can't do that. You can't share. There's a split fee and blah, blah, blah. So you know, we had to really cater to the community. And then the other thing is that you have Windsor Farms right down the road. You've got the fan. So you have this kind of dynamic, eclectic, like broad range of everybody, socioeconomic, everybody in that it's Richmond, it's a melting pot. And our restaurant is like that. You come in, it's like a Jimmy Buffett concert. God, God rest his soul. You know, everybody's too there too, too, soon, soon. Man, too soon. I know. Believe me. I'm, I lived in Florida many years. I'm a, I was a, a very sad day a few few weeks ago. But it's kind of like a. It's kind of like that. You see all walk all walks, young, old. You see everybody kind of hanging out and enjoying themselves. In this day and age, with all the other crap that's going on, it's kind of nice to see just everybody having a good time. So. So you mentioned being a busboy at Outback, and you mentioned being part of the design team and found co-founding Taza. Are mm-hmm. you have kitchen experience as well? Are you? Oh, kitchen, big time. Yeah, so I'm. What, um, what do you do in the kitchen? So, well, Outback. Well, I, first of all, I'm Lebanese, so my grandmother was like taught me how to bake, and that was like a thing. You had to kitchen. We were in the kitchen my whole life, you know. So teaching how to bake, and she was obsessed over like quality, and she would she baked bread for the church, so it was like everyone had to be perfect and weighed this way, and if it wasn't right, she's throwing it out and. So she instilled early like this sense of like quality and pride. Um, and then without back, I just, 
I, I mean, I got the job to quite honestly in high school just to meet girls and to get extra money and all the normal stuff that you would do. But do you meet girls as a busboy? Well, better as a, more as a busboy than a dishwasher. Then I got <laughs> and then I went back in the kitchen and there's it was the, the, from then it no was gone. No girls, Ruby. So high school, you didn't yeah. know he was I can do for someone who might be. That's a why I'm doing this listening. podcast. But I saw the guys cooking. I, I saw the guys the down there. Yeah, in right? this room. Exactly. <laughs> but I saw the guys. I was like, I can do that. It looks interesting. So I started. I, I I'm not kidding. It's every position for 20 other. It was busboy, dishwasher, fry cook, saute cook, grill cook, kitchen manager, food technician. I traveled and opened up Outbacks all over the, all over the. We went to all across the world and trained international teams. So it was. Um, so food was definitely the, my talent in um, always back of house. It was always back of house, but I always had that level of kind of hospitality and service as well. So it was easy to transition to the front. Um, the design stuff, I don't know how I got into that. Quite honestly. It was just something that I always enjoyed. So construction design. And then when you become an entrepreneur, like we did with Katura and with Taza, we don't have all these big, all these resources. So it was us and our pickup trucks, building it ourselves, driving brisket, you know, doing this thing. So I kind of learned to, do it there. To do it there, you know. So Outback to Katura. That's how that went yep. down? Yeah, 2010. And you and is it the Davenports at the time? Davenport or? was an investor. It was just Jeff Grant. He was okay. really young. <clears throat> he had the, he had this Alverser shop in Midlothian, and he had just opened Short Pump, <clears throat> which where I lived. And I was going in. It was like great coffee. I loved it. I was a customer. We became really close friends. I'm still best friends with him. We still we jogged eight miles last week together. And so he's I'm actually meeting him for dinner tonight. So it was it was he was the founder of Cafe Katura. So I I joined to help. I left. Outback, which was all, another big decision because I was pretty high up in the company. I had 20 restaurants and it was a big chunk of the business. And I didn't want my whole life and career to be defined by one job. And I kind of did it backwards. I became, I was a corporate, you know, restaurant guy. And then I became an entrepreneur. And now I'm back in the corporate side. So I did it in reverse, but, um, yeah, then we we joined joined forces at Cafe Couture, and the Cafe Couture kind of morphed into Taza Kitchen. That was kind of a natural process, and we and and John Davenport, who was our angel investor, then became kind of full time, you know, managing partner, and and then Susan came on after that. So then that's how the team was formed. But yeah, it was Outback Couture briefly, and then it was Taza Kitchen for ten years. Up until a couple years ago, and three when years did Katura and Taza split? Because oh, there's a couple of they're, they're, the restaurants. Yeah, we went through like an amicable divorce with yeah. some of the original investors. So they, we wanted to actually bring everyone along and convert them to Taza Kitchens, but they owned um, Grove Avenue and they owned Alverser, and then. Um, and they wanted to keep them. And we, at the time, we were managing them. We were, we had a management agreement, even though we didn't own them, and they didn't want to. They didn't want to tag along, so we we mutually separated, and then they ran them until recently they closed. Um, I guess a couple of years ago, right? And um, yeah, and then we just we went we went full steam with Taza. We opened one up in up in the D.C. area and down in the Carolinas, and we were in three states. So I'm still like I had brunch at Taza two days ago. I, I'm like their it's my second favorite restaurant now. What in Taza do you, are you most proud of? Because that's a restaurant that people have gone to. It's like a yeah, it's an institution. Now. It's I, I'm really proud of the design. Quite honestly, it feels really good. In the early days, we were like we built everything from scratch. It was like all custom, custom. And it's really hard to scale that when you're hiring a furniture guy or hiring wood. Mm-hmm. But it was like it was important to us to, to 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 do that and be involved. But it was like the best of Baja California meets the best of you know Southern Italy. It was wood fired pizzas, seasonal ingredients. So at the time when I had left. Outback, 
I was corporate. It was like, it wasn't inspiring anymore. And it was like, look, this is made from scratch. It's wood fired cooking. We went to Italy and traveled and tasted food and, and, um, it was really special. So it was like the sourcing and the quality and then just the vibe of the space. I, we wanted to put the pizza oven right behind the bar. Who does that? Like, but we wanted, when you walk in, you could see the fire and the pizzas going. So yeah, it was, it was really the quality. And then just the vibe of the space. It was really, really cool. I still love it. Like Is that it's, place never not busy. I feel like yeah. there's always a good crowd. Yeah, no, there's always restaurants. a good crowd there. There's always a good crowd there. Really good reputation. And like all the spots. Yeah. No, I, I still go to all of them. I play tennis in the South side and we go to, I go to Taza there. I was there last week too. So Roby touched on it yeah. earlier about the healthy nature mm-hmm. of Burton's and I was just perusing the website a little bit and there was something that jumped out to me about the kids menu. Choosy kids, kids, choosy kids, choosy kids. kids. It's a big deal. <laughs> like <laughs> I got out. three kids. You brought it up before you got here. I got like, three kids. Out this like, is a very cool thing. It's a cool thing, and you know, normally it's like all restaurants is like chicken this fingers. Is a, yeah, amazing menu. But then you have chicken fingers and macaroni and cheese, and that's pasta it. Pasta with butter. Yeah, pasta with butter, butter noodles. So it's like, why can't we have them pick? You can navigate the menu, pick your protein, pick your side, and it's kind of a big thing. It's a big thing for the kids. They love it. So that, that's available at the Richmond oh, location. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Explain, I'm sorry to interrupt, but explain, it, explain what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's just exactly. a paper menu that you get to pick. Like if you want a piece of salmon or chicken, you can pick up, you can do French fry. It's just you allow the kid to make the choice, which typically- so Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. Pick your pudding and, and carrots or whatever, broccoli, and yeah, it works. I feel like that gives your um, kid like a feeling of like maybe a, they're closer to being adult than you get pizza with cheese. Yeah, and you know, honestly, you know, I have two children as well, and earlier on, the restaurant experience is something that they have to get used to. So the waiter or server comes to the table and asks what you want, and the kids always darted their eyes to me, like, "What do I? What do I do? Yeah. What do I do?" So this is a nice way to like train them. Yeah, and you don't have to order off the adult the adult menu. Right. Like that's what's like. Oh my gosh, I had three daughters, and it's like, ugh, that's a lot of money to do the full price when they're a twelve. Intimidating. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a uh, something else I saw about an like an autism friendly restaurant location. Um, yeah, I mean, we have, like, once again, we are, one of our missions is to be accessible for everyone, you know, and that means the people that have, you know, accessibility, people with special needs. And the big one is really the dietary um, restrictions and allergy friendly, because that's the tough one to pull off mm-hmm. in our business. And now it's like, remember 10 years ago, nobody was like, had any allergy at all. And now it's like crazy. Everywhere. Everywhere. Like my kids, I, I'm, I don't, I'm good, but my family, someone has Knock something, wood, please. when I cook at Thanksgiving, I do the dairy free, you know, this, and I have to do the gluten free that I cook three different types of, you know, stuffing. You just don't eat it. Um, house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going down. I'm like, you know what? No. But like, think about how clean your kitchen yeah. has to be in Burton's in order to be able to not only this. how clean it has to be that you have to have like separate cutting fryers. boards separate fryers you have separate tongs everything's color coded because mm-hmm. it's one thing that if someone just have an intolerance or they just don't they choose not to eat gluten or someone has celiac disease that can could go take them out immediately it can take sure. them out immediately mm-hmm. and that's why at Taz it was hard to do because your flour everywhere like you can Pizza do it oven, like right. it's not work but this is something big to our previous founder who had celiac disease and our founding chef who's still with us today. Her name is Denise Herrera. She's amazing. She's co-founder of the company, the founding chef. She's still my vice president of culinary beverage for both of our brands. And um, so she uh, she was passionate about it. And he said, look, if you want to do it, you've got to like, you got to really do it. It's not, you can't go kind of have skis on it. You got to like mm-hmm. really go at it. So we have, I've, I, I'm pretty confident to say that the gluten-free and the, you know, community has really embraced us. It's a big deal. What and, type of training do you have? Cause you know that yeah. all the details you just went yeah. through are just like the tip of the iceberg, right? Oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. like what kind of training 
do you have to put your employees through yeah, in order this, for them to yeah, be like, they got to oh. be certified. They got to be like a certified allergies. Like if you order something at Burton's and you are gluten free and you order the pasta bolognese, we will make it with, you know, gluten free pasta. If it's only pasta. Yeah. Um, that's, and then it'll be served in a different plate, a different bowl. It looks different. So first of all, it's like a square plate or a square bowl. So that already knows there's a purple card in the back. It's like, it's like, allergy. here we go. And everyone rallies around it. And then a manager will bring it out or an allergy certified allergy specialist will bring it out. So three people in the party order three items and one is allergy, allergy restriction, then that will be run out separately by the manager and say, you know, Mr. Haggai, you know, we have your possible nays, gluten-free, you know, enjoy. My name's John. So back in the nineties, did Outback do that? Outback did not do that. <laughs> Outback was cool back. I feel like he just launched that at you. <laughs> you know, back in the day, though, we made everything from scratch. I, I, I cut my teeth. It's funny how chain restaurants, you know, get the always get the the, the knock everywhere, especially for in Richmond for some reasons. But terrible to them. She's the reason. I oh, am. I am the one. You want to know why? They fix me. I'm the worst. Oh my god. You know, but I, I take it. Time. I'm fine with that. It was me for the last twenty years. Back in the day, though, it was Outback made everything from scratch. You know, you start. Everyone starts with one, you know, yeah. there's, there was one Wawa, there was one Starbucks, there was one Nordstrom's, there was one, you know, <laughs> McDonald's. One so, lowly Wawa. Yeah. So <laughs> on the, one. Side of the street. Just one. But Outback was really, but then when it, you know, every company got big and huge and it's tough, but at Burton's, I'm proud to say we still make everything from scratch. How everything. many locations of Burton's exist? And there, is there one still in Charlottesville? Yeah, it's it's our one of our busiest in the United States, but quite honestly, the, the one in Charlottesville is busier than some of the ones in Boston. It's massive. It's busy. Gosh, it's been open for ten years, over ten years now. So why Charlottesville? Um, and not, you said you, Richmond was too small, but Charlottesville. Charlottesville is this weird. I know it's smaller, but you have the university. You've got it's a. I ran the Outback in Charlottesville. No more Outback bashing, but I ran the Outback. I will bash. Okay, well, I was not bashing. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking a question. Always me. Okay, but. That was like my busiest outback too. It was just it was some reason about the town because there's it's, it's almost recession proof with the university. There's the wineries, the you have the John Paul Jones, you've got it's and then everyone kind of felt the demographics like looking at it as a business side of things, you don't go there. It does the income it doesn't look good on paper and I think that's why the Burtons does so well cuz guess what there's no Ruth Chris, there's no PF Chang's, there's no like, you know, Seasons 52 or Cheesecake Factory. There's no like upper end, you know, polished polished restaurants. They're just not you have all the owner operators and you have all the chains and then we kind of fit right in and that's where we're positioned really well. So to answer your question, we have we're getting ready to open our 20th um restaurant in Fort Lauderdale plantation nice next year. And then we have a couple more slated after that. So, so as CEO, I've never been a CEO before. Shockingly. It's a pretty cool job. Not, this not, is my shock not face. on my resume <laughs> right here. Um, what exactly do you do? John's I mean, you're shocked face too. <laughs> all right. Both you guys. Um, obviously you're an inspirational leader, yep. hopefully to your team, but on the day to day, like what is John doing? It's, it's well, it, I'm more of an operationally focused CEO, if that you know describes so me. Hands on. I'm Not very hands on. <laughs> I feel like being um, hands on can be very motivational. Well, no, because I'm in the field, so I don't want it. We I have this beautiful office in North Andover in Boston. There's 
pictures of the Red Sox in the back and all this stuff, a big desk, but I'm hardly ever there. Like if I, and I do go to Boston every other week, but I'm usually working out of the restaurants because I, I just feel like that's where the energy is. I'd rather get my laptop going in the corner, do one-on-ones, meet people, shake people's hands, thank them. I was just in Charlotte last week, um, flew in on Friday, went to both restaurants there. It was, for me, it's inspiring. It inspires me to be in the field because I was that guy not long ago. So I don't want to be kind of this displaced CEO. I'd rather be in the field. Plus I crave feedback. Like I literally crave it good and bad. So I want to like really know what's going on. So I ask questions. And so on a daily basis, yeah, there's a, a lot of meetings, but like my meetings are more like with the operators and with the finance team. I'd knock all that stuff out of the way. And then I'm in the field and I, I love to talk to customers. I love to engage with customers. I read the story about the CEO of American Express. He works like 17 hours a day. I'm not quite there. He's kind of crazy, but he answers every night. He answers, um, guest reviews. And I do the same thing. I like, I'm obsessed over feedback and what people are saying. And then of course, when I go to Richmond, a lot of people know me there. So I'm getting pulled aside or I saw you on TV or I read the paper. Or I did this and that. And, and, um, so that was fun. So then I'll just, what do you like? You know, how can we do better? Um, but the most of my most, most important function of my role is to lead my executive team, which is small. We're lean and mean. We're not this big ivory tower company. We, we invest in the stores. We pay our people really, really well. And I do my best to inspire and motivate and lead and drive culture and make sure. And as we grow, it's like, do it thoughtfully, you know, and we're, I don't have this big ambition to be the next, you know, Outback Steakhouse. I think we, I think we have a really special company. In fact, I know we do. We do have another brand called Red Heat American Tavern too. So I'm looking in Richmond possibly to bring that down here. Um, I might know a guy in commercial real estate. Yeah. I got so here is. I want to cut of this, by the way. I feel like I'm being left out of that. It's not a business transaction yet. So many years at Outback, many years Katura Taza. Mm -hmm. Now, probably and hopefully, many years oh, yeah, at Burton's. For sure, there has to be some best practices you've taken from both places. And I don't meet a lot of individuals, and I talk to a lot of restaurateurs mm -hmm. that have boutique restaurant experience and have chain restaurant experience, but together. Yeah, that's where, I, and I said that, that's where I kind of got my, you know, PhD at Outback with like, the, once again, the chain restaurant, you learn systems and processes and profitability and food cost and managing labor and all the functional things of running a business. Because at the end of the day, you got to make your investors happy, whether they are on Wall Street or they're the local angel investor. And at the end of the day, you got to make money and a profit. It's very difficult you know, to do that in the restaurant, but we make pennies on the dollar. You make a, pennies on the dollar. Everyone's giving high fives. And it's also extremely, it takes a lot of human capital to run a full service sure. restaurant. You know, there's not, you know, I know there's robots now and certain restaurants, but like in our business, it's high touch. It's, it's hospitality. So you cut your teeth there. And then what I learned from Taza and Katura and working with really fantastic business partners there was how to be an entrepreneur and how to almost like eat what you kill, you know, cause you build it and then you got to start generating money. And then what's in the bank is what you pay your staff. And that's like really scary. And, you know, you kind of blend both. And then when I came back, I don't think I could have been as successful as we are now without that experience as an entrepreneur going in. Because then it says, hang on a second, even though we're a big company and we have 25 restaurants in nine states, we can still think about how the business as an entrepreneur, because you do have to be flexible and you have to continuously evolve. And I don't use the word innovate. I like to use the, well, 
I like to say innovate around the edges. You have to evolve your business still and stay true to your pillars and, and what's important to your business and your identity. Um, and being an entrepreneur, you're, you're really passionate because when you're an entrepreneur, you're your passion, the reason why you did that is because you have a passion for something or you want to fix something or there's a need for something and you go raise money and you go do it. And the hard part about that is you raise money, then you raise more money and then you raise more money. And then pretty, a lot of these entrepreneurs own very little of their, but sure. I mean, you said you crave feedback. So I'm going to let you know you're doing a great job. Oh, so far. thank you. <laughs> oh, look at you. Um, I want to know if his daughters are going to work in the restaurant. I grew up oh, oh, in the restaurant working. industry. They they're are. Working. They do. Oh, yeah, they're going to work. They're not working yet. I have a 16 year old who just started driving. Thank goodness. Um, and she's, <laughs> you do like that too. And she's got right. two, and I have twin 14 year olds. They're all in. Uh, so two freshmen and then a, a junior. So the driving thing was like a game changer. That was like unbelievable. Just recently got a driver was, himself. Yeah. So she's not allowed on the interstate yet. All the other stuff. But like you can go to school, you can go to the mall, their mother's house down the road. Like you can kind of do that. Um, game changer because I would have to time everything around t- driving off for school, and then I'm going to you the airport. To the choir, brother. It's terrible. <laughs> like, I, I know the feeling. <laughs> you love sure. having it. I think I, it's great. so. But having said that, it's like she just magically thinks, and I'm not saying we all say this about our generation. Like, like we work so much harder than everybody else, and da da da. But I'm to think my father did I, walk uphill both ways. Yeah. <laughs> Like, come on. I, seriously, I think maybe that wasn't a lie. I don't think it was a lie either. But I and I had a job in high school. I got I was worked and I worked and I I don't remember ever getting anything. I had to pay for my own car and do all this. I don't know if my I think my daughters expected just to, to kind of happen. I'm I'm starting to tell them it's like you realize that this car gets filled up with gas and eventually you're gonna have to contribute. That ain't cheap. And even the chores, it's like you gotta do the list all the chores, you know, the do the dishes and clean your room and <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, right? We just bought a house too. So we just we're literally moving this week. So like there's gonna be new chores in our new home. And no, that's gonna earn here. them in uh, still in our little bubble. <laughs> I can't even. I'm not even going to talk about it. But good. Congratulations. It's, it's, we got it. It's all the, yeah. I went from townhouse, like having a townhouse, which was great because I'd walk to Whole Foods every day, walk to the gym, no yard. For the last six years, now I have a house and a pool and a big yard and everything that comes with it. It's like a party, Roby. Big party. I, I Outdoor kitchen. Location next time. I was like, do not yeah. invite yourself I over. I don't want, I mean, I think that I just not did. helpful to anyone. But they, they they will work. I'm like, you can be, you know, you're going to work at Taza Kitchen as a host. You're going to Burton's Grill. But um, daddy, can I, when can I start working? I'm like, pretty soon, next year. God, we got put to work in yeah. the restaurants, like we we're child labor. Mm-hmm. Like my mother owned several and she was like, uh-uh, you get home from school directly. We're, I called myself for years the dis bitch because that's all I did. And a mm-hmm. restaurant was wash dishes. So I always wonder if somebody in a family who has restaurants does the same thing my mother did to me because if they don't, then I'd like to be upset with her. Yeah. I th- well, I think everyone should work in the service business at some point in their life, quite honestly. And, um, I think it's good for you to do that. I think the restaurants are, especially people, you know, you trust, like I know and trust the people who run Taza now. Sure. I, you know, I trust the management team at Burton. So it's kind of like your, your child and you know that, you know, they have a boss and not to take advantage of it, but it's really hard like to get a job and to, but at a restaurant, you know, guess what you learned? Communication skills, problem solving, efficiency, efficiency, all this stuff where I work at the mall, which is great in retail, but like, that's to me, not dynamic enough and, you know, a little boring. But we talked a lot about your restaurant. We mm-hmm. talked a lot about Taza, and you've been in here for a long. You've been in Richmond for a long time. What are some of the other places around town that you really enjoy? That oh you gosh, there's so we job? we had dinner at Edo Squid last night. I it's heard. Like, How was it? It's just so good. It just it's just so good. Um, 
I'm a what creature of habit. So good? Is it all the garlic? It's. <laughs> we said that you walk in. I would, you, just like, I've never walked into Edo Squid and not there's not been some a pile of garlic somewhere peeling. Someone's peeling garlic. There's garlic everywhere. Sitting there. It's just salt. It. You know, pepper, garlic, and chili flake. I think are the only four ingredients they use there. Olive oil. Um, you gotta get the squid and the white beans. You gotta, you know, we had the mozzarella and the peppers. We had the carbonara. We had the fennel. hanger steak. We ordered fennel. Fennel's so phenomenal. And we had the, um, God, what else did we get? Every, um, it sounds like everything that is We ordered good. the, yeah, everything that's good. It's just. Did you happen to order a steak? We had the hanger steak. So I, yeah. what are they doing to that? Cause it, it's insane. And it's huge. Why? It's huge. Who are they expecting to eat that? Thing? I don't know. Okay. We ordered the whole menu and we, we left with a lot of boxes. Um, cause I just, once again, I like to taste everything. If I take one bite, you know, we don't, but we were growing up like in our generation, like you have to finish what's given you. Like you don't have to finish it. Take some bites and then take it home. Of course it'll sit in the fridge for two days and then but it gets better. It gets better. The, the pastas are, I don't know. It's just and the vibe there is just really freaking cool. You were, you literally were right next to your you neighbor. Can't, you you can't move. You friends. can't get out. It's like now that Mama Zuz is closed, but remember Mama Zuz, you go, go grab your own bottle of wine. Of course. Just grab the Maltepuciano, sit on the table. <laughs> with those tiny, We tiny tried cups. that with get Taza. We, we tried that with Taza because we were in Italy. We're like, we're going to get the little glass Glasses like Mama Zeus has, and that did not work at Taza Kitchen. I'm sure it did not. Did not work. We we went to the nice crystal glasses right away, but like I love Edo's. I mean, that's like a fantastic. The feedback was not great on that yeah. on that decision. It ha- yeah. I'll tell you this: it was not great. The feedback on those at Mama at um, Mama Zeus has never mm-hmm. been great, but. Well, remember Richmond was kind of like give zero Fs. Like you just kind of like they don't. It was always about the food in Richmond for years. Never, and it was like hospitality. Mm, that second food is first. Always, I think now there's a lot of restaurants that really embrace hospitality in this town. It's great. I mean, there's we we love Edos, we uh, Ale, Ale Wife, Roosevelt. Like it's probably the same Shag Bark. We love to go to La Mer and have a drink at La Mer. Who doesn't like to do that at the bar there? Um, I love Leja. I'm friends with Sunny. Like good dude. It, like he's my ex neighbor, and his food is so good. We um. You never know what to order at any place. Like, and of course, we're restaurant people, so I just I just bring stuff out. Like, and he will, and he will, and he'll talk to you forever. He's he's always there when he's not there. Like, I've never gone he's there. He's always he, there. He's always there. But you can feel that his presence isn't there when you walk in. Yeah, and that I think is really interesting about. Yeah, him. you're right. You're actually right. When he's not there. There's been a few times where he's not there. I'm like, oh no, Sonny's not here. What do it's we almost, do? It's almost a different portion. It like walking into that restaurant, you're almost like hmm, he's definitely he's not the here king. Today. He's the king of hospitality. I mean, his mm-hmm. food is so good. But what's I'm like, I'm a creature of habit. I get, I get the butter chicken. I get the chat. I get, you kind of get the things that you really like and crave. And then he'll always bring other stuff, but man, that restaurant's really good. So I love that. We love Chris Shway's places. We'll go to red salt and I love this. My kid, red salt's really great for kids because they'll get a sushi roll thinking that's, and it's a fancier restaurant. So they're sitting there in red salt and, but the sushi is really reasonable. So they get one sushi roll. So I'm not out there spending 400 bucks on dinner sure. and they feel like they're in this really awesome and they are in a really awesome place, but like, I'm not spending a ton of money. We I love done red that salt. one yet. Yeah. I haven't been to red salt with my kids red- yet. It's been just don't well you gotta kind of navigate the menu you gotta be right. careful really he's yeah. very much right it's very yeah. there's not a be choosy option there yeah no <laughs> no choosy yeah. kids sunset grill <laughs> sunset grill I, I do like that place Monday night burger night <laughs> the burgers are good they pour really good drinks after golf we'll go, we'll go play what there what is up with the drinks there I don't it's yeah, like a schooner I'm glad you live it, out it's, there it's, in, it's ridiculous I don't know how they do it I'm, I would love they to they don't own, make I, any money I would love this. to own that place one day and retire and just own sunset grill that would be like I my dream I would like you to own sunset 
grill too. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that offline. <laughs> Actually, I think that would be wonderful. Anyway, anything upcoming over at Burton's that we should know we, about? Well, once again, it was Burton's is like the genesis. It was the incubator for everything else. So the newer design, newer menu, we'll test everything here. Brunch, we just rolled brunch out a few weeks ago. And once again, I said to my partners, I'm like, Brunch is kind of a thing, and Richmond's a th- definitely a thing I in DC right now. Everything's yeah. a thing in Richmond. Yeah, everything's brunch a, is a big thing in Richmond. Can we stop talking about <laughs> Richmond? And like everyone's so sick of me talking about it. But in all my social media, it's always like Richmond stuff. And we have this other concept too. It's like, can we have some love at Red Heat Tavern? Um, no, but or you can have brunch. Yeah, yeah. But I said you got to do it Saturday and Sunday. That's yep. kind of like. You know, because one day part's tough with, you know, if you're going to make biscuits and you're going to the French toast brioche and you're going to do all, all these wonderful things. We do donuts, gluten-free donuts, bag of donuts. It's so good. Uh, monkey bread. They brought um, 10,000 things of lobster, food. Lobster rolls. So we're doing a company. Got to get the lobster. Can you say that right? Lobster. <laughs> um, so we, we do lobster Pock really well. But yeah, brunch is pretty cool. Um and Wait, then, I heard Saturday and Sunday. Saturday like and Sunday. one of the 10 restaurants in Richmond that do brunch on Saturday, yeah. which is a big yeah. deal. It's a big deal. Just crawl in on Saturday and have a Bloody Mary and, and eat a brunch burger with a big egg on it. But And then at happy hour, we just rolled out. We do things kind of in stages. I don't want to do everything day one. So we just we have a really, really good bar bites, like happy hour menu, so you can hang. And the cool thing about Burns is you can use it for different experiences. So... And not to knock other restaurants. When you go to Edo's, you go to these places, you're going there to eat. I'm sitting down. I have It's one experience. You can get food to go. But like Burns, you can use it different ways. It's like sit at the bar and hang, um, have a private event. We have a, a really cool private dining room in the back. People do happy hours and events there. You come for brunch. You come for happy. So we want it to be like a really flexible environment that I can just go. You can have lunch with your girlfriends and come back two days later with dinner with the family. So um, it's kind of like... Like the kids' menu, you kind of choose what you want to do there. Half price wine Wednesday. Yeah, Somebody we just started that. that. I don't. That was the other ballsy move. I looked at this in the Vuvkla Clo. Is like we we charge ninety nine bucks. I'm, and and um, we were at the restaurant last night. It's like, hang on a second. A ninety nine dollar Vuv is now fifty bucks. I'm like, I don't. I think I pay that for that. I was like, oh no, maybe I made a mistake. Pennies on the dollar. You yeah. it yourself. Pennies on the dollar. Come get it. It's half price wine. We do it of Northern Virginia, the and it's expires, like expires, so you need to yeah, sell out. Yeah, it's. We do it in Northern Virginia, and we have a bunch. Well, not a bunch. It. We kill it. It's it's like crazy busy. People crave it. It's last night. There are all kinds of people getting. And also, it's wine that you've never. We try to have a wine. Um, I'm very passionate about wine and beverage. So we want to put a wine list together that's not just a California like heavy. Nothing. I love California wines, but explore a little bit. We did that a lot with Taza. Like we have a Lebanese wine, a Chateau Moussar. We have I a love, Greek, a Certico. We've got like, so, and then on, it's like, gosh, I don't know if I want to try it. With the so bed. you do the half, you do the half. Yeah. You do the half. You do, do a Beaujolais, do a, you know, Vino Verde. There's, you know, in Richmond, once again, you know, you can go a little crazy with that and people really appreciate it. So on the half price wine, it's like, okay, I can get the bottle, take it home. Mm-hmm. You know, the wine, the cork thing is great. Now we, you know. Taz so. was the first place I had a, a really good Tanat, which yep. is something that you don't mm. typically get. There was on your menu the first. You know your wines. Wow. Um, and I was like really, really surprised because Virginia doesn't really. Yeah. Well, Richmond specifically has a very California, recognizable from California. Mm-hmm. Chardonnays. I won't even go into that, but like it's very, very cool. To yeah, see that. and Richmond's got good. Uh, Virginia's got good wines. I brought y'all some Virginia wine today. I, lo- I love that. Thank so, you, guest ever. Yeah, right, right I, here. Like, but there's some good. I love the wineries. Like wine. you're, 
you have Barbersville, you've got Pollock, you've got Jefferson. I mean, there's some really good, legit, my favorite varietals like around here are the Cap Franc and Viognier and stuff like that. But you could do it like it's good, legit. Good. The hard thing about that, because the production is so low, it's it's really hard to price it because people look at the menu and like, gosh, why is my Virginia wine so expensive? Mm-hmm. It's tough to price it right because we're not, we pay a lot of money for it too because there's only, it's not like a conglomerate out in Napa or in, you know. Sure, they aren't mass producing yeah. it somewhere. And- yeah. And Virginia has to. You don't have the economies of scale that, but mm-hmm. with that, so. But we buy a lot of wine. We we sell a lot of wine, a lot of wine. Well, good. If you're into wine, which I don't know who isn't, yeah. I mean, let's. This is where you should go, yeah. Burton's. Well, guess what? You're listening to Eat It, Virginia, with Scott Wise, Roby Martin, <laughs> and John of Burton's Grill. is a newish restaurant where we can go have lunch one day, right? You know, yes. I feel like that with all the healthy options, we could do all sorts of meals there. Absolutely. And you've written an article recently about lunches for Style Weekly about your favorite places to dine for lunch. Well, this one, actually. There was a theme, but there was a theme though. Like for me, a lunch is like a sandwich, like a half a sandwich and a salad. Like really lunch. They're really talking natural wine. Lunch is, what (laughs) kind of wine wine. can I get? I want want your life. Uh, No. So I have this whole hang up about wine tastings. Like, and it probably is just me, but I really, really, really have found that people are idiots at wine tastings. People like the, the, drinkers the tasters or the people that are pouring you know what i think it's probably some of both but mostly the drinkers because i don't know if you've been to a wine expo and i say this in the article when the first glass drops and it breaks everybody applauds because like you're a seventh grader in middle school and someone dropped their tray of food yes and then every, every single time afterwards people get excited when somebody's had too much to drink they break their wine glass this has been an experience that you've, that's been replicated over various wine expos or just one that you've done recently? well just recently i don't know that recently is a bad thing because i don't really love a wine expo mainly because it feels like everybody is just really trying to get blotto but this is a there's a positive swing to this, Scott. Yes, lunch. No, oh. <laughs> wine. Um, but also lunch because sometimes lunch is wine. Um, we have had a recent grouping of wine restaurants or wine places open that have food. Let's just walk through a couple of them. Penny's, which has been amazing, and it is, Lance is outstanding. Um, Second Bottle, who she's been on the podcast, and she started to serve some pop-ups there, which I think are great. Our friend Carlos was there with his tamales this past week. Um, I talk about Celadora, which is consequently my favorite place to get lunch i think we talked about that last time on the podcast yep so it's the place to go megan hopkins and olivia um is doing lunch ben burkoff does dinner um that i talked about it in this article i also talk about jardin with donnie who i love they're all like they're very close together geographically yes yeah you could pretty much walk from one to another which would be amazing um and then the third one you're just gonna have to read the article that's called a tease in the business. <laughs> Good job, Roby. You're catching on fast. Read the Thank article. You. And while you're reading the article on style, we have some other style news to announce. Bum, bum, bum. Deb, how cool is this? You know, we have to. Go, she has such a good pedigree. Deb pedigree. Freeman, this we're talking terrible. about she here. Has such great background. Um, and she she's such a coup for us to have at Style Weekly. Um, yeah, food editor. So Deb Freeman, the world-renowned podcast host, Tess. 
also writes for Eater and Gravy and Food and Wine and all sorts of great places where she talks about the importance of obviously black food and its history. If you haven't had the opportunity to read her Yellow Cake article, it is really awesome. Anyway, yeah, I'm hopeful she'll come back on and talk about what the goals are for style because I think there's a lot of changes and they're all good. As Ruby alluded, Deb was on the podcast previously, so please go back in the podcast feed and listen to that conversation we had with her because she is one incredible human being. Any recent good snacks we can send people to? You know, I finally made it over to Acacia Midtown. And? I really had a good time. What'd you eat? Took my... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to know who you took. I want to know what you my, It was my mom's birthday. I actually do want to know if it's your mom because I like your mom. Took my mom for her birthday in September and took my kids. Nice. And Sadie, as I, Sadie's my daughter, as I picked them up from school, she's like, can I bring a friend? <laughs> and like, in my head, I'm thinking like, it's a $50 meal to some rando kid, but okay. Um, Did she bring the new boy? She brought the boy, yes. Yay. Yes. And it was fine. Sorry, Sadie. He's a, he's a, he's a good, he's a, he's a good egg. So, um, and he, didn't order a $50 meal, so that was what even better. What did you all eat? What was I good? had the gnocchi and uh, scallops. Nice. Which was, which was a lot of fun. The thing about this restaurant, and you've been, I'm sure, is it's just airy and it's light and it's you can go, you can have a nice fancy meal and you can have like a more of a little laid back meal. I mean, I brought kids and I didn't see too many other kids there, but it just felt very inviting and the staff was very attentive. I, I love those two, the Reitzers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, the, and the food was fresh and everyone had a really good time. Did you happen to have a Reitzer daughter serving you? Um, I don't think so. They were not introduced as such, so I don't know. Well, like in the family vein, they keep, like it's very cool how they have some of those individuals behind the bar. It feels very similar to like how I grew up, you know, like people cooking that are family and people serving that are family. Did you go into the bathroom? Weird question. I did. And then I went back to my <laughs> table and I said, kids, you have to go to the bathroom. This is the most incredible bathroom I've ever seen in my life. So there you go. Another tease as we call it in the business. If you've not been to Acacia, they have a go really great happy hour laid back thing um, and there's a wonderful bathroom well cool i learned how to make gnocchi in italy you always have to one up me like yeah. i go to like that Libby, is exactly what that was i go to libby place and have gnocchi <laughs> and then roby goes to italy and learns how to make it tell me about your italy experience please roby make me jealous oh gosh she's i block so roby i block roby <laughs> on instagram when she goes on these fancy trips because it just makes me it's jealous not, it's not and now fancy. she comes in my she puts uh, it right in my face it wasn't it wasn't fancy we hiked like a hundred miles um it was we had got a lot of exercise i drank an epic amount of wine and my sister-in-law who i adore decided she wanted to do a cooking class so we took a cooking class in florence it was like four hours long and it felt like 20 minutes and well i learned how to make egg pasta and i learned how to make tiramisu and i learned how to make gnocchi and i am now a pro so you can come over to the house let's do it let's set up the date perfect right well, now right now we'll do it when we uh how about after we judge food on the 22nd of october love it i'm perfect. there this episode of eat it virginia <laughs> eat it virginia <laughs> this episode of eat it virginia <laughs> No! Oh, God, no.